everybody, and welcome back to The Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host. And today on the show, and actually tomorrow, we have a two-part interview. I had the pleasure and the privilege of interviewing a man, a pastor, named David Baker. And he is a great man of God. He actually has 11 children, and they're all children who love the Lord and who have grown up, and some are still growing up, but he has a great home with them, and he has written a book on how to raise rich kids, rich life, rich relationships, and rich finances. I know that raising kids and having a family is one of the most challenging things you can do in life, and so I really appreciate all the wisdom that David gives here in this interview and also in his book. And I want to go to go ahead and give you a heads up that his book is going to be free on Friday, April 30th and Saturday, May 1st. And you can find it on his website, which I'm going to give you all those details in the show notes and after the show. But keep close attention to this podcast and to his this interview and just realize that he's got a wealth of wisdom. And just so you know, like the book is based in Proverbs, and he teaches all the lessons that Solomon teaches his son. So it's absolutely phenomenal. It's biblically, biblically based and coming from a man who has raised 11 children successfully. Here's the interview. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your family and the book that you have coming out. Yes. Uh, my name is David Baker. I'm a pastor. I've been preaching for 32 years. Uh, before that, I was in the military, used to jump out of those perfectly good airplanes. Um, had a really good mom and dad, but uh, I got with the wrong crowd in high school and got away from the Lord and uh, ended up um, moving out of my parents' home as a teenager, uh, getting a party apartment, finishing high school that way, um, really made some bad decisions, ended up joining the army, like I said, jumping out of airplanes and mom and dad uh, prayed and prayed and worked and uh, did what they could. And three years later, I finally stopped running from God, um, surrendered to preach, went to Mama College, met my wife. And um, now we have 11 children. We've been married to be 31 years this year. And um, 11 children, how that started when we met in Bible college, right up front, she said that she would like to have at least eight children. Uh, she explained that she was number eight of 14 children. Wow. And said that, uh, yeah, that's what I say. Wow, <laughs> often, especially when the bills come in. But um, she, her little girl philosophy, she told her mom, she realized one day, mom, if you had not had eight children, I wouldn't be here. I'm going to have eight when I get to be a mommy. That was her little girl thinking mm -hmm. philosophy. And so what do you do when your girlfriend tells you she wants to have eight children? You know, run. And <laughs> so I told her, I said, well, I love children. I'll try to help you take care of them. Not thinking any woman is going to want to go through that 11 times or eight times. Uh, I thought she'll have two or three. She'll be done. I don't know. It just doesn't look like a lot of fun <laughs> uh, what the ladies have to go through. Yeah. Sure enough eight, nine, 10, 11, and they're awesome. I mentioned about the book. What happened and how it started was um, 28 years ago, literally, we had just started a new church and um, I was teaching a adult Sunday school class and we had all different um, types of adults there, single, uh, married, uh, divorced, older widow, whatever. Like, okay, what am I going to teach? And so I call it the family class and I'll teach on the family because everybody has some type of family and I needed some curriculum. So I thought, okay, Solomon taught his son in Proverbs principles. Okay, I'll use that. So I literally started Proverbs 1-1, just going verse by verse through it in Sunday school teaching. And what happened was I started to realize that um, Solomon taught his son many of the same things over and over and over and over. It's just amazing. Wow, he taught him on this again. Wow, he taught him on this again. 
Well, my master's degree is in education. And the first thing they teach in education is that repetition is the key to learning. What's six times six? 36. How do you know that? Because somebody in second, third, or fourth grade drilled it through us in times tables that we still remember that to this day. And of course, Solomon had all wisdom, so he knew that. And so he taught his son some of the same things over and over and over. So I started keeping up with those topics that would keep popping up. Ended up with 10 topics, and I preached a sermon called The Top 10 Things to Teach Your Children. And so um, after that, then I found number 11, then I found number 12, then I found number 13, (laughs) all the way to 52. And so what the book is, is 52 topics, 52 principles, 52 uh, things that Solomon taught his son, and it's laid out in one topic for the week, and then you have seven lessons for each topic. Oh, wow is the key to learning, then we take one topic for the week and we teach seven different lessons on that topic with seven different verses and seven different ways to hit that. Then we encourage parents to be able to take a memory verse for the week mm-hmm. on that topic. And then you review that every night, seven days of reviewing that verse, they'll have that memorized. So they're memorizing verses, they have this topic and seven different lessons for it to be able to put that into their mind. We taught that to our children growing up. We taught that to our church people. I would pass out papers with this information on it where they could teach their children. And then I felt like God said, hey, you need to put this into a book. And so, yeah. um, so we did. And so, um, so the title is called How to Raise Rich Kids. And it's rich in relationships, mm-hmm. rich in life and rich in finances. Solomon talks a lot about money in here. So there's great principles on money, but the real rich is a rich life, is rich relationships. Um, Through our marriage, we have four kids. And so we had issues financially because we raised support. We did campus ministry. And so we, I feel like we were always at a place where we didn't have enough. And, you know, and I, I hated to throw the burden of everything on my husband because he also was doing the campus ministry mainly, but then I was at home raising the kids and and I would always try to figure out ways to make ends meet and all this stuff. So how with 11 children were you able to financially support as a pastor nonetheless? Right. Yeah, that is a, a big question. And honestly, and this may sound uh, just oversimplified, but but only God. Yeah. When people say, well, I'm going to wait till I have the money to have children. <laughs> yeah. That never usually happens. No. Wait till you have money you have children, you probably won't have any or very many. And so we just trusted the Lord. We believe children were a gift from God and uh, the fruit of the womb is his reward. And so if God wants to reward and give a gift, then we shouldn't try to stop it. So we just trusted God and uh, literally God took care of it. When we're faithful to the Lord, God said he abounds, we abound with blessings. Uh, put God first, he opens up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And that happens so many times in our life where whether it's groceries or food or clothes or people that just give us things. You know, you have the well-to-do parents who has a kid a year older than you. And so every year they just pass on all this incredible expensive stuff we would have never bought for our kids, but they just pass down and wonderful. That's great. And so literally it is God. And the Bible says, my God shall supply all your need according to his and glory by Christ Jesus. It is not up to me to 
provide everything for my family. It's up to God. It's up right. to me to obey God. Now, if I don't work, I shouldn't eat. If I'm lazy, then um, God has no responsibility to take care of those. But if I'm serving God and doing what God wants me to do, then according to the Bible, God is obligated then to supply all our need. They're his children also. And so he cares about them. And it's just been so much fun to see how God provided for that. And especially in the last few years, God will allow us to go through tough times. And we've been through those. I mean, we went through some tough church things. We gave up our salary for five years to keep the church building note paid. We went through a home foreclosure, but that just gave God a great opportunity to come through and to show my children how real God is. And uh, we were able to stay in that house. We lived in it free for three years as it was tied up in court. A Christian attorney took on the case for free. We went to general session circuit chancery over a three-year period. One, the court made Chase Mortgage give us our house back and lower the interest rate. And we lived there for three years without making a house payment. And our children got to see God, how real (laughs) God was. And so- We lived in that house for 23 years. It was too small, but we made it work. And then God gave us another house just a few years ago, 6,050 square feet, uh, six bedrooms, six bathrooms. Yay. (laughs) Having two bathrooms for 13 people, um, it it was a little tough. It was definitely not the place you went to relax uh, because you better do things quickly because someone's going to be knocking on the door. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it's God who literally takes care of that. My job is to obey God. And then it's God's responsibility to provide and to take care of things. Right. And that's, that's hard um, because you always, I mean, as a, again, as a wife, and sometimes a, I could be a warrior, a warrior. Um, I wanted to try to figure out how to do things myself. How am I going to, how's this going to work? How's this bill going to be paid this month? How, I know you say you supply my needs, but God, I, I can't see it happening, you know, and that's one of the biggest things for me lately is just really trusting God to provide and, and shifting my mindset to the point of not just hoping that he provides like with what I call hope without teeth, but <laughs> having hope with teeth that he is the provider and that I know he provides and resting in him, not fearing, not worrying, not doubting. And I know as a, um, you know, as a dad, that can be the weight could, can fall on you if you, if you allow it to. I think that's great that you said um, that it's, that he's your source and you trust him. And it is neat because my wife grew up like this. Like I said, she was eight of 14 children. And yeah. there's some stories where uh, the mom's making lunches for the next day and she has no fruit and not the best food that she has for them. And so she goes to bed and said, Lord, I would sure love some fruit to put in my kids' lunches. And she goes to bed. The next morning, she walks into her kitchen and there is so many crates of fresh fruit in the wow. kitchen. You can't even walk. And what happened right at the time that she prayed, she had two older boys, uh, 16, 18, that were working at Kroger. And the produce manager came and said, hey, we got an inspection tomorrow. We got to get rid of all this stuff. You guys got trucks. If you can take it, carry it away, do whatever you want to with it. (laughs) At the time she prayed. And so they walk in and there's so much fresh fruit. You can't even use it all. God's able (laughs) to pull out that blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. So my wife grew up seeing that. And then we've seen God just miraculously take care of things. And so that faith, it is hard. It's easy to trust by faith, salvation, children of Israel trusted the blood applied and everyone was fine. But that living by faith after they left and wandering, where are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? How are we going to live? That living by faith is a tougher thing. But the more you see God take care of this need and this need and this need, God is faithful and God will take care of those. He is. So, so what are the dynamics at your home? Like with 11 children? I mean, are drugs and alcohol an issue for your kids or for your family or, you know, 
I know a lot of times I hear big families, all oh, some kids get left out and they don't feel loved. And, you know, so what, what kind of uh, dynamics are at uh, your family? God has been so good. And, and we base it on the biblical principles that we've tried to do. And our kids have taken that. Um, all of our kids are doing great. Um, I talk about in the book that drugs and alcohol are not a problem for anybody and for any family. Um, and people looking like, wait, what do you mean? No, I know there are drug problems. And I'm the chaplain at the jail. 90% of the people in the jail are there for alcohol and drug related issues. So I know, quote, it's a problem, but that's not the root. The root of the problem is not the what, it's the who. Nobody just picked up alcohol and drugs, hardly anybody on their own without an influence and got addicted to it. It was always the who. It was someone that gave it to them. I've asked literally a couple thousand guys, hey, when did you start using drugs? And who were you with and what happened? And every time it was a friend, it was a family, somebody older, hey man, try this. Hey, let me give you this. And it's like what the Bible says. Paul said in Galatians, you did run well. Who? hath hindered you that you should not obey the truth. It wasn't a what that hindered them. It was a who. It's always somebody that influences them. Um, ask anyone who got on drugs, how did they get on drugs? Somebody gave it to them. And so in Proverbs, one of the chapters in this book is called The Warning of People. Solomon warned his son about 13 different types of men. Warned him. Mm -hmm. uh, make no friendship with an angry man. He warned him about people and to perceive and look and listen to see, be friendly to everybody, but be very careful of who you give your friendship to. And so he warned him about 13 different types of men and eight different types of women. And so that's why I say alcohol and drug are, drugs are not the issue. It's the who. We didn't have problems at all with our kids with alcohol and drugs because we were so careful about who they were with, where they went, what they were doing. Do you trust your children? No. God says, make no provision for the flesh. We're not to make provision because all of us are flesh and all of us can fall. You know, I don't know if you have any tips on like for parents who have their kids in public school, um, how can, because they're around kids, you know, all day that they, the parents don't have a clue. How in the world could a parent police, not all call it police, but trust their kids to pick the right friends? Does that make sense? Well, they're yeah. away all day, pretty much. And that question right there literally could be a full hour podcast and <laughs> right. just give you, give you a few things. Um, the only way to overcome evil is with good. The mm -hmm. only way to handle darkness is with light. Light always wins. You go into a dark room, no matter how dark it is, and you bring light into that room, light wins and light takes over. And so when our kids have had to at work or jobs or be around people who were going to be the wrong influence. The only way you overcome that is with light. Right. I help guys when they get out of jail, they're going to see their old friend who's going to offer them something before they do that. They've had to mentally prepare. If they see one of those guys, they're the first one to say, Hey man, what are you doing Sunday? You want to come to church? Hey man, let me ask you, do you know for sure if you died, you go to heaven. When they bring that light in there, then evil and darkness will flee. That was actually the first segment of the interview with Pastor David Baker, and you can find more information about him at his website, which is fixfamilies.com. And there you can find more information about him, the new book coming out with the free release, so you can click on his uh, website to go straight to, I guess, Amazon to get the free download there on Friday and Saturday, like I mentioned earlier. And you can also find out more information about him and his courses and different things that he offers, as well as his family. There's great pictures of his family on that website as well. So I encourage you to check it out and to be ready to download that book. And not only download it, 
but share it with your friends because everybody that I know could use some parenting advice um, that everybody who has kids, but even children, you know, could pick up that book or teenagers, they could pick it up and maybe give it to their parents or whatever it might be. So I encourage you to check it out and also tell other people about it because we all could use a little help with our children and knowing what to teach them and how to teach them. And, and not only that, to have it in such a great format, um, step by step, week by week, um, laid out a biblical format. So hope you have a great day today. And remember to go live your 320 life more than you can imagine. Ephesians 320. And I'll see you again tomorrow with the second half of David Baker. God bless.